At 11.08 local time on the 8th of October 2014, students from the Winter Gardens Primary School on Canvey Island and Pilton Bluecoat School in Barnstable made contact with US astronaut Reed Wiseman, KF5LKT, aboard the International Space Station. On Canvey Island, the contact was coordinated by SEERS, the South Essex Amateur Radio Society. With the ISS over California at the time, connection was made using a telebridge, with the amateur radio contact being made by Tim Bosner, W6SRJ, in California. We are located uh, on the uh, campus of uh, Santa Rosa Junior College. Uh, Santa Rosa Junior College has five campuses uh, north of about 30 miles north of San Francisco, and we serve approximately uh, 40,000 students. Anyway, the station uh, is a uh, Kenwood uh, TS-790. We have amplifiers for both the downlink, the receive signal, as well as the uplink, so that we can hear the station, the space station clearly, and so also so they can hear us clearly. And of course, we're interconnected to the, uh, the radio systems, interconnected to the phones, so that uh, you folks can uh, talk uh, to the astronaut. Chris Hayes is the headmaster of Winter Gardens Primary School on Canvey Island. Winter Gardens Primary School is a larger than average school on Canvey Island in Essex, England. It has two forms of entry, catering for 60 children in each year group. Our school is full to capacity with 420 children, from foundation or reception, which is age 4, up to year 6, which is 11-year-olds. On the school site, we also have the Winter Gardens Preschool, which caters for 60 children a day, and the Winter Gardens Toddler Group, which also caters for children from birth upwards. Winter Gardens Primary School is an active school, not only within the local community, but also nationally and internationally. And now, we're even going into space. A total of 24 questions were asked, with the odd-numbered questions coming from children in Essex and the even-numbered questions coming from the children in Devon. Now, let's listen to the exchange. Here's Tim in California. NA1SS, NA1SS is W6SRJ. NA1SS, NA1SS, NA1SS. This is W6SRJ calling. W6SRJ, I have you entirely too loud and clear. Yeah, good morning, and uh, we're ready with the first question from uh, Luke. Uh, go ahead, Luke. I am Luke. What is the maximum number of people can live on the International Space Station? Over. Uh, good morning, Luke. Right now we have six people up here living, and a few months ago we actually had nine, and I think the most they've ever had at one time was 13. But really, about six people is the max that you would want up here uh, in the current state of the space station. Over. This is James. What inspired you to become an astronaut? Over. Hey, James. Well, I, I grew up in uh, Maryland in the United States, and we used to watch shuttle launches down in Florida. And uh, I just I became a pilot, and then I got to know some astronauts and learn about what they did, and I think that was the inspiration. Just watching the space shuttle and knowing these people made me want to become an astronaut. Over. I am Taylor. What sort of food do you eat? Over. Well, right now I'm really missing pizza. I would love to have some pizza, but we have pretty good food up here. It's all uh, either dehydrated or shelf-stabilized, so we just put it into a little food warmer or we put hot water in it, and it turns into normal food. So 
Last night I ate some beef with vegetables, and this morning I had granola with raisins for breakfast, and it's actually pretty good. Over. This is Olivia. What is your daily routine like? Over. Hi, Olivia. My routine is a lot like yours, probably. I woke up this morning. I uh, took a shower, although we only have a wet towel to take a shower with. We don't have running water. And then uh, you go to the bathroom, eat breakfast, and then I start work. I work for about 10 hours. Uh, I, I use the treadmill. I run experiments, all that sort of stuff. And then uh, when the evening comes around, we have dinner, and we all go to bed. Over. Hi, I'm Olivia. If you cry, do you tears run down your face or just float away? Over. Hey, Olivia, that's a great question and one that I didn't realize when I came up here. When you cry, whether it's from sadness or from laughing, the tears actually just build up in your eyes. And you have to either rub them out with your fingers or wipe them away. Over. This is Grace. Where does all your waste go? Over. Hi, Grace. Well, we have trash cans and we throw uh, anything that we can't reuse, we throw it there. And then we have resupply ships that come up and dock, and when they leave, they burn up in our atmosphere. We put all of our waste in there, and it just burns up over the uh, Indian Ocean. Over. I'm Tommy. How do you get important supplies such as food, drink, and clothes? Over. Hey, Tommy, that's a great question. We have about uh, once every other month or every third month, we have a resupply ship that comes up and docks. Right now, we have two of them docked, one on the Russian side and one on the American side, and that's how we get all of our supplies. Over. This is Cameron. What effect is no gravity having your body? Over. Well, first of all, I've grown about one inch, about three centimeters, so I'm taller than I was because I don't have gravity. But then without gravity, we don't load our bones or our muscles, so we have to do a lot of physical training up here. Over. I am William. How'd you get air up there? Over. Great question, William. Well, we sometimes we fly a little bit of air. We have a European resupply ship that's docked to us right now, and that has a lot of air on it, and they pump it in. But we can also generate air. We could use uh, water and break away the hydrogen to make oxygen and add that to our atmosphere. Over. Hello, this is Fatima. Have you experienced any meteor showers? Over. We flew through one uh, a few months ago, but I didn't see any. I have seen a few shooting stars from up here, but it's weird because you don't look up to see them. You have to look down at the Earth to see shooting stars. Over. I'm Oliver. Can you use ink pens when there's no gravity? Over. Oliver, that's a great question. We do have a lot of ink pens up here, but they're all a very specific type, so there must be something with the way they're made that allows them to be used in weightlessness. Over. This is Celia. Who came up with the idea of the space station? Over. That's, that's a really good question, and I don't know the true answer for it. I know that in the 1990s, uh, the United States and Russia got together and said that they would build a joint space station, and they invited in a bunch of European countries and Japan, and that's how we have the space station. Over. I am Rebecca. When you are in space, how often do you get to talk to your family? Over. Rebecca, I get to email with them every day, and we have a sort of a satellite phone that I could use to call them. So I try to call them once or twice a week, but then the best is on Sundays, we have a little video camera, and I actually get to do a video conference with them, and it's great to see my kids. Over. This is Jude. How often do you work outside the space station? Over. Well, yesterday I just did my first spacewalk with a German crewmate, Alex, and uh, and then we will go out and do another one in about eight days, myself and Mary Wilmore, an American astronaut. So it's, it's not too often, but we do get to do it. Over.
My name is Robert. How much sleep do you get in space when you do not know if it's day or night? Over. Robert, that's a good question. So we have 16 sunrises and sunsets every day up here as we orbit the Earth. But our bodies, they don't really understand that. They don't know it. So I go to sleep every night at about 10 p.m. and I wake up at 6 a.m. just as if I was on Earth. My body just falls right into this routine up here. It's pretty cool. Over. This is Jemima. What is the most serious emergency you've had to deal with? Over. Well, since I've been on board, we've had two very small electrical fires, and those were the most serious, but we handled them very quickly with our procedures, and everything was safe and secure without any problem. Over. I am Taylor. How did you become a national over? Well, first I was a pilot, and then I became a test pilot, and from there I studied hard and got a master's degree uh, in engineering, and then I got hired by NASA, so I'm very lucky. Over. This is Sunny. What interesting research have you done in space? Over. Sunny, that's a great question, and I have a long answer. So just the short of it is I've done a lot. I've been doing a lot of flame research. Right now we have mice and fish living with us. Uh, we've installed new legs on a robot. I've played with satellites. I've done a spacewalk. So I, I, there's been a lot going on up here. Over. Hi, I'm Alicia. How long does it take you to get rid of your space scene when you come back home? Over. Alicia, I just talked to one of my friends who landed about a month ago, and he said after the first week, you start to feel pretty good, but it still takes three or four weeks before you feel normal again. Over. This is Ruby. How do you get to and enter the space station? Over. Hi, Ruby. Well, we launch on a Russian-made rocket called a Soyuz, and in that little capsule, there are three people, and we, so we launch a crew of three, and then we come up and dock with the space station, and then we float through a really small hatch, and then we're inside this gigantic space station, and it's really neat. Over. I am Rebecca. How do you know what is happening down on Earth? Do you get electronic versions of newspapers? Over. Rebecca, every morning they uplink us an electronic version of a few American and then a few European newspapers. But now we actually can get some live TV, one channel, and it's whatever ground control wants to send us. So usually we'll try to watch BBC or CNN and catch up on the news. Over. This is Grace. What do you do on spacewalks? Over. Well, Grace, really there's only two reasons to do a spacewalk. One would be to fix something that's broken, and the second would be to upgrade systems outside the space station. And yesterday, we fixed one thing that was broken, and another thing we upgraded. So we, we put a broken pump and stored it into a long-term storage position, and then we had some really long cables that we rerouted for our robotic arm to give it some new capabilities. Over. I'm Alicia. If you weren't an astronaut, what would you have been? Over. Oh, I had, before I became an astronaut, I had the best job. I was a pilot in the United States Navy, and that was really a lot of fun. And so if I had become an astronaut, I would have just kept right on going with that job. Over. This is James. Is it an advantage or a disadvantage to have no gravity on the ISS? Over. Hey, James, it is both an advantage and disadvantage. If you have something really heavy, it's an advantage. Like yesterday, my crewmate was carrying an 800-pound pump with one finger. However, if you open just a bag of M&M's and try to eat them, it's extremely difficult. So little things float all over the place, but big things are really easy. Over. Okay, that's the last question. Uh, go ahead, school. Thank you for the contact, and uh, if you get a chance, take a look outside. Uh, there's a blood moon right now.
Yeah, unfortunately we got shutters closed for an ATV reboost or we would be doing it. So, hey, thanks to everybody down there. It's great talking to you. Okay, 7-3s, thanks for the great contact. Uh, NA-1SS is W6SRJ and we'll be clear. Straight after the contact, we heard from UK ARIS coordinator Kieran Morgan, M0XTD. Ladies and gentlemen and children, we've just shared a moment of history. Amateur radio station W6SRJ in California, operated by Tim Bosmer, call sign W6NU, has just contacted the astronaut Reed Wiseman, whose call sign is also KF5LKT, aboard the International Space Station, and has answered 24 questions from the children at Winter Gardens Primary School and Pilton Bluecoat School, both located in England. Now, for the international volunteer team of, of ARIS, including the amateur radio satellite corporations around the world, the Amateur Radio Relay League, and all the Canadian Space Agency, the European Space Agency, the Japanese Space Agency, the Russian Space Agency, and NASA, we would like to say thank you very much for taking part in this uh, experiment today, and very well done on a superb contact. A perfect contact, and thanks to all those around the world for making it possible for Winter Garden School on Canvey Island and Pilton Bluecoat School in Barnstable to talk to the ISS. Here's Dave Speechley, the president of the South Essex Amateur Radio Society and the coordinator for the event in Essex. Well, we've done quite a unique experiment. Uh, it's not often that it gets done in the UK. Today was two schools in the UK. We should have done it two weeks ago, but because of the weather conditions at Cape Canaveral, it was put off for a couple of weeks. And thankfully today, except the weather conditions here, of course, which wasn't so great. <laughs> and one of our guys cycled all the way from Chelmsford, who got wet. Other than that, it turned out OK. Excellent. So how many kids did we have, and uh, who were they talking to? They was talking to Reed Wiseman, the American astronaut. We had ten here who actually did ask 12 questions successfully, 24 in total, which is quite exceptional. And how long has it taken to actually organise this contact start to finish? This particular one's been 20 months. For more information on schools' contacts with the International Space Station, go to www.aris.org. This feature was brought to you by Essex Ham, supporting amateur radio in Essex.